Well, hello, everyone. Good morning. Wow, there's a lot of you here today. It's uh, It's been a while since I've seen this many. You know, uh, remember the days when we used to pretty much have this place filled up? And uh, so I know there are a lot of people who are at home and uh, staying safe. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Open up your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1 today. I want to... Uh, uh, follow up with Savannah. A lot of words, a lot of announcements. You did awesome. Good job. For, and so, uh, y'all want to clap for Savannah? Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, yay me. So, there are a couple of other things I want to mention to you. On Friday, uh, there was a lady named Barbara who was baptized. Now, she's watching, so you can clap for her. Just clap out loud and go, yay, Barbara. And so, so I'm so proud of you, Barbara. She was here with her husband and her two boys and some family and friends, and she was so excited, and she's like, man, I just want to give my whole heart to God and symbolize it in baptism, and that was such a great thing. So congratulations to you, Barbara. Also, it is true, uh, they're wanting to open up First Kids, uh, you know, next Sunday. The kids have been wanting it for a long time. It's, it's the, our volunteers and our helpers that we really are concerned about. So as we're asking them, how many of you will come back? As you can imagine, we have a lot of volunteers who are really sensitive to that and, are, and, and some who are saying, I'm not ready yet to come back and, and to be around those children. I would hate it if I, I gave it or if I received it or whatever. And so we want to honor those who are being safe. Right? We want to we honor all things about the decisions of, of keeping everybody safe. So, we're, we're asking if you have on your heart a desire to serve in our first kids area. And you've been waiting for a place to serve. You love children. And it's something that you would like to do. This is a perfect time to come in. We're not going to have all of our children here, but we're going to have a bunch of them. And, and so if you're like, I would like to just kind of, you know, stick my foot in to see what that ministry is like, we would love to have you participate and join. So just talk to Jesse Howell. You can call our office. You can talk to Savannah, and she'll be happy to help you. But if it's something that you would love to do, we really want to do this for our children. You know, we, we understand a lot about the dangers of COVID, but these children, they don't really understand it all, right? They're just like, why can't we meet at church? We want to keep everyone safe. And then we want to do whatever we can to provide, and for for you know uh, what you know God for these children. And most of them are already back at school. There are some who are choosing to do it online, but a lot of these kids that are already at school also want to come and be a part of our of our Sunday school. And so we want to make that happen. So talk to Jesse if that's on your heart. Also with these pumpkins, there are little stickers on these pumpkins, and you get to participate and decide how generous we're going to be. We will only be as generous as you guys want to be. So it is something that we did last year, and we did it for Escambia and Santa Rosa County. I believe there are 100 or 106. I may have some of my numbers slightly off, but about 100 to 106 families just in Escambia and Santa Rosa. And so we have all of those here, and we're going to also need some of you online to join us in this. And but if we're also going to add Walton and Okaloosa County, there are about 160 families, I believe, who have signed up. There are more foster families, but not all of them sign up for a meal. And we're going to provide them a Thanksgiving meal. And so if you want to participate during our last song and as we end today, just come up and take one of these pumpkins with you. 
A pumpkin that has a sticker on it is a $50 pumpkin. That means you'll provide one meal. A pumpkin without a sticker is half a meal. That's $25. Or if you want, look, I got one without a sticker and I want to provide two meals. So you can make it 100 if you want. And you can write a check, put on that check Orphan Sunday so that we'll know where it, we're not just going to put it in our regular general contribution uh, but we're going we're gonna to earmark all of these meals for Orphan Sunday. If you go online, it looks like this. You can go to our website, and under About Us, we have a, a Give tab. And under the Give tab, it'll say there are three different ways that you can give. But really, we just want you clicking on, hey, I want to give online. And when you do that, it'll give you a drop-down menu, and one of the uh, options is Orphan Sunday. So click on Orphan Sunday. Be as generous as you want. If we only have enough for Escambia and Santa Rosa County, that's what we're going to do. If your generosity is greater than that and you want to see us do every one, then we have 160 meals that we would love to provide. And so we get to decide, and it's such a great blessing to those families. And so thank you for your generosity and for participating with us in all of that. All right, 2 Peter. Let's go into 2 Peter now. We stopped, we ended 1 Peter last week, and we said, hey, we're just going to roll on into 2 Peter. 2 Peter was written at the end of Peter's life. In fact, as Peter knew his time was getting close to being over, he put a lot of these words together. Most scholars believe that 2 Peter was not all put together by Peter, but by some of his disciples where they were Peter's real words that people had captured, written down, that Peter had written down, but to honor him so that his words would live on not only in their life, but also in your life. They captured them, put them together in this little letter we call Second Peter. And so, if you've ever wanted to listen to the words of a dying man, that's what Second Peter is all about. And he's like, I know my life is short, and I don't have long, but I want to tell you what's very important because I want you to go to heaven. And so he says, this is Second Peter chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. For our Lord Jesus has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I'm gone. The words of a dying man. Now, I hope I don't get emotional here. This is what I see when I'm, as I was studying for this and as I was reading this. For those of you who have been around a long time, you know that I lost my father to cancer a little over a year ago, right? And so I got to watch and walk with my father as he started his journey home. And God was so generous to our family by allowing us to enjoy him for five years through a very difficult process. Because as you know, cancer just doesn't play fair. And it's, and it's not fun. But my father was a strong man of God. And so he determined early on that he was never going to complain about any day. He just made a decision, I choose joy. And so I'd call him up, Dad, how are you feeling? Well, Ritty boy, 
There are good days and gooder days. And today's just a good day. And I knew he was in pain, right? But he always chose joy. And up until the last night before he passed away, people are gathered around him, and he's just blessing people. And we were sitting there, and he said, Rick, I want you to call Tim. So Tim Vick was a guy that Dad had known ever since Tim was an orphan and um, abandoned by his father. And, and my dad took Tim and his two brothers, uh, you know, and just wanted to be a father to them. And they were very close. And so I called old Tim, and Dad started talking to him, and they were chatting back and forth and telling jokes and remembering old times and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, Dad said, Tim, i got some stuff I want to share with you. And Tim said, because he called him coach because my dad was a college basketball coach and a high school basketball coach. Anyway, he, Tim, Tim said, well, coach, um, I know you're there with your family, and I don't want to take up all your time, so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and leave. And my dad said, Tim, you don't understand this moment. I've asked my nephew to go get my favorite meal and bring it to me because I'm dying. And all I want to do is bless your life. Well, I'm just, you know, right? Like I'm doing now. But I watched how a godly man enters heaven. And that's what I see as I'm reading these words, it's, a, it's about time for me to go. And if it's okay with you, I've got a few things I want to share with you. And I want them to impact both your head and your heart. And I want to share with you what ultimately gives you peace in your heart. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. He's like, if, if you want peace in your heart, and, and don't we all, don't we long for peace? Because I know, man, life gets tough. And sometimes peace is so elusive, it's hard to find. But he's like, the more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to know God, the more you just dig into his word and spend time with God, the more peace you're going to have in your heart. And so I want to help you come to peace so that no matter what you're facing, you'll know you can find victory in it, even if it's tough, even if you must suffer. And so he continues. I want to give you three pieces of advice. Here's the overview of 2 Peter. Now, I have outlines. Did you get an outline when you were coming in? If you didn't and you want to write down, fill in some notes and take some notes or some pens in the pews, we have them in the back. I see Teddy standing up. You don't mind. If you want to raise your hand, raise your hand. There you go. There's some people who want to take some notes. Thank you so much, Teddy. You are such a great servant of God. So if you want, write some of this stuff down. I'll delay as Teddy's bringing this up. The first thing, and this is the one we're going to talk about today, keep growing in the faith. The first thing that Peter says as he knows he's about to end his time on this earth is don't stop. 
Don't stop growing. Don't stop your pursuit of God. Don't, don't, don't stop. Just keep growing in your faith. Keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. Because these people were really struggling. If you remember, they're watching their friends and family. They're watching them die to keep their faith. Because Nero was not making it easy for Christians during that day. And they were really suffering. And Peter's like, endure. Keep growing. Don't give up. Because it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. So number one, keep growing in the faith. We're going to talk about how do you do that. That's easy to say, but do you have a roadmap? Today he's going to give us a roadmap. Number two, don't let anyone lure you away from God. And they were trying. They were threatening their life. If you profess to be a Christian and a follower of that man, Jesus, then I'm going to make sure you don't see your next birthday. And that was very real to them. And others were just like, come on, man, you don't really believe in that. Jesus, let's do what we used to do. Let's go have some fun. Don't let anyone lure you away from God. And then finally, don't get frustrated by Christ's delay in coming back. Now, so to us, that might even sound a little weird because we're not ready to leave this earth. I mean, the things that we face, we're like, I'm not ready to die. I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I want to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But Peter was dealing with all of these Christians who were already dying for their faith. And they were suffering so much. They're like, please, God, come back. Please come back. And take us home. Please don't make us keep enduring this. And you may be in that position today. You may be in a place where you're like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I don't even know how to get out of this. I don't know how to lead my family, lead myself, bring our community. Whatever it is that you're facing. And you're like, oh my goodness. I just wish that God would go ahead and just call us home. And he's like, don't get frustrated by the delay. Because he's providing opportunities for us to make sure that we take as many people to heaven with us as possible. So that's the outline. This is the one in chapter 1, and this is chapter 2, and this is chapter 3. And so we'll deal with that. We'll probably deal with 2 and 3 next week. So here we go. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. The words of a dying man. By his divine power, God has given us Everything we need for living a godly life. Do you believe that? Do you believe you already have in your possession everything you need to live a godly life? Man, I just wish that God would tell me this. I just wish that God would show me this. I just wish that, listen, you've got everything you need. And Paul is like, you've, you've already got, God has already given it to you. By his word, by his Holy Spirit, you already have access to everything you need. It's just accessing him. How, we have received all of this by coming to know him. It's all found in how hard are you pursuing God? How much are you pursuing his advice, his life, his words of wisdom, teaching, his truth? He's saying, you, you've already got everything you need. Just access it by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And speaking of glory and excellence, because of that... He has given us great and precious promises. He has already promised you, I will take care of you. I will not leave you. I will not abandon you. I will answer you. 
I will help you. I will guide you. I will show you. I will forgive you. I will heal you. He has given us all these great promises. And these are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. That one we begin to understand. I know what my human desires are, right? I know where I struggle, but there is a way out. I can escape them. I can get, I can get out of all of that. There's, he has provided some, and I get to share in his divine nature. It's not my divine nature. <laughs> I don't have a divine nature, I, right? I have a physical, I have, I have a, a bend towards sin, but he's like, man, if, you want, if you'll just partner with me, if you'll surrender and give over to me, you'll be able to escape this corruption. You'll be able to find the life transformation you've been longing for. I loved the songs that we sang this morning. All of them about, man, just a little bit of faith and a big old God, you can accomplish a lot. Amen? And so, do you want a roadmap? He's like, if you want a roadmap, let's go ahead and lay out this roadmap. In view of all this, are you ready? It's like Peter's like, okay, I'm going to help you. If that sounds good to you, if you want to escape corruption, if you want to live a godly life, if you want to make it to heaven, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. So it's like, I, you know, in the words of that song, and what Jesus, he made it available. I love that, you know, the second song, the new song that you were singing, Tyler. This one, you know, it's like, it's just faith. He spoke one word, and Jesus is like, man, you have such great faith. I don't have to go to your home. You go home. Healing is in your home because of your great faith. And Peter was there. He witnessed it. He saw that. And he's remembering all the things that Jesus did, but he's also trying to encourage us. He's like, God's not going to do all the work. You get to participate with him. God has made it all available, but you get to decide and so you make every effort to respond to God's promises. This is us. This is us. God will not rescue you from what you're still willing to suffer the consequences of. Repeat it again. God will not rescue you from what you're still willing to suffer the consequences of. It's like, I want to run away from that. I, want to, I don't ever want to do that again. It's like, I'll give you a simple, I, I'm never going to golf again, I say, while I'm searching for my next tea time. Right? You want, God's like, listen, there are a lot of people who suffer a lot of things that we usually bring on ourselves. And if you say, God, I want to escape that then you make every effort to run away from it. If you're not, if you're still willing to participate in what you know is robbing you of joy, then God will let you. He cannot rescue you from what you're still willing to suffer the consequences of. But when you're willing to give it up, he'll jump in with you. And supplement your faith with a generous provision of, and he's about to give you several things. Seven things. We're going to go over them one at a time, and it's on the back side of your handout. But a generous provision. Run after it with everything you have. Go for more and more and more and more of it. 
more and more and more, more of, here he goes, moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Seven things. Now, when you're studying it in the Greek, it's really unique in the way that it's all written out because they're all meant to be one thing. It's like it's a package deal. It's like once you've decided, I want my life to be transformed in the name of Jesus Christ, then you're signing up for all of this. But the way that it's laid out, it's like it's a progression. Okay, are you serious about it? Are you really looking for an escape? Are you really looking for life transformation? Then here's the roadmap, and this is where we begin, and this is where it's going to take us. So this is Peter's idea of a roadmap as he just breaks it down. Because I'm sure he was talking with people who are like, man, I want to live a godly life. How do I do it? Okay, let's start with moral excellence. Now, when we read moral excellence in our English language, it's just like moral excellence. Well, what is that and how do I do it? And that's what I'm running at. I'm learning how to excellently live a moral life. I'm going to morality, I'm going I'm to master it. Well, that yes, but that's not really what he's talking about here. Remember, this is a package deal. So what he's really saying is, Seek the character of God as the standard and goal for your own character. In other words, we haven't even talked about knowledge yet. That's the next one. And how do I know how to live moral excellence if I don't even know what God's requiring of me, right? So this first one is desire. What's your desire? What's in your heart? Do you really want to live a moral life, an excellent life of morality? Do you really want to become everything God created you to be. It begins with desire. It's so sad when you watch someone who knows they need to change their life, but they don't really have a desire to follow through with it. And it's like, what, what can I do? What can anyone do? And as you watch that life struggle and struggle and cry and struggle and struggle and cry, you know, we, we first got to start with what's in your heart. What do you want to do? Do you want to pursue the character of God as the standard and goal for your own life? And so write that down. At the end of all these seven, I'm going to allow you to give yourself an evaluation. And you're going to look and say, okay, on a scale of one to four, one to five, whatever your scale is, where am I on passion, hunger to live out the character of God in my life? Now, if I'm going to do that, if I'm like, man, this is, what, this is my desire, then number two, I've got to get some knowledge. I've got to, Peter said, the more you get to know God, the more you're going to find that peace. So knowledge describes what God is like and what we should be like as well. This is what God, God is calling us to do. This is how to live a morally excellent life. This is how we love people. This is how we love our enemies. This is how we treat people. We don't retaliate. We don't, and the Bible is full of all of this excellent advice as to how we should really live under what God has called us to be and do. 
And so I've got this passion, I've got this desire, and I'm going to run after it, and I'm not going to let it go. And so if, if you're not there yet, begin praying, God, change my heart, change my desires. Change me so that I no longer desire to go and do that, but I only desire all of you. And let that lead you to the Word of God. Let it lead you to quiet time, Bible study time. Just sit down and let God speak to you. The more you read your Bible, the more you'll see how your time in the Word of God changes. And those of you who uh, have been studying the Bible for a long time, you'll know this to be true. You start off by reading, go, oh, man, that's good. And then you, you're hungering for more. That's good, that's good, that's good. The more you read, the more you read, the more you read. The older you get, when you get an old man like me, you're going to read something, and then you're just going to sit back. And you're going to think, oh, man, that's so good. Why don't I? Why have I? What should I? And, and you'll, God will begin to speak to you in more than just that word. Inside your heart, something will begin to bubble up. And you'll know, before I read the next line, I need to call and ask for forgiveness. Before I read anything else, I need to act on what I just read. Right? And so, that's what this is. This is get to know God, get to know God, get to know God. Let Him speak to you. You read it and ask Him, God, help me. And then just get quiet uh, be alone with God and see what he begins to put in your heart and how transformation begins. Which, okay, now that I'm learning more, now that I know what I need to do, please, Lord, give me the self-control to do it. <laughs> now I need to follow. Now what am I going to do with that truth? Don't curse anymore. Don't steal. <laughs> Don't lie. Don't cheat. Love unconditionally. Don't seek your own interests, but the interests of other people. After a while, I'm going to think, okay. <laughs> and now he's like, you've got to develop the self-control to follow through with what God just asked of you, enabling us to curb our physical passions and to make our bodies servants to the will of God. Where are you here? I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm reading. Don't you wish that most people would... Most, I mean, there's a lot of people who say, man, I just need to get to know the Word of God more. <laughs> yep. Or you can just start obeying what you already know. Right? The Word of God is not complicated, but it is going to require some self-control. At some point, I make application. At some point, I do it. Don't respond with anger. But you return a blessing when people insult you. To this you've been called that you will receive a blessing. Woo, so easy to read and so hard to do, right? Okay, before I read anything else, this week that's the only one I'm going to, and I'm going to develop some self-discipline around that. The next one, patient endurance. <laughs> because you're going to want to give up. You're going to, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, and I can't do it. Or you want to walk away. Man, this one right here, this, is, this really hits us. It, it hits me as a spouse. It hits me as a parent. It hits me as an employee. It hits me as a worker, right? It's like, I just want to tear into you. I want to tear into myself. I want to stop. I want to give up. I want to walk away. I want to just, I'm not doing it anymore. 
But man, when you start trying to practice self-control and you begin to realize how weak we really are, we're going to have to have some patience. And it enables us to persist in our pursuit of godly character even when we suffer for doing so. I know there are these times that you want to give up. And Peter's like, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Remember, it was Peter when he was faced with this very situation in John chapter 6. And all these people were walking away from Jesus because it was too hard. And Jesus looked at his apostles and he said, are you going to leave me too? Do you remember what Peter said? Where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Oh, man. Just let that wash over you. Patient endurance. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's worth it in the end. And patient endurance leads to godliness. At this point, Peter's going to begin to flip the script. Because, remember at the end of 1 Peter, he said, this doesn't end with you. Really, this isn't about you. It's not about the God in you as much as it is the God that you let out to a hurting world. And godliness is, yes, I'm pursuing God in all things, but... It's the attitude of reverence which seeks to please God in all things. It desires a right relation with both God and men. This is where it, it begins to move out of you. Godliness is how is God showing itself through the, where I walk, what my hands do, what my mouth says, how I respond when things are going well and when things are falling apart. Godliness is what other people begin to see, the God in me. I want to develop this heart of God, but I'm also interacting in a world. And so he begins to say, as God transforms you, your family should be able to tell. Your friends should be able to tell. Right? I had someone just this week say, I made a decision to live a different life. And I had three friends who I thought were friends say they no longer want anything to do with me. And I'm hurting and alone. Anybody relate to that? When you make a decision, I'm running after God. There are other people who are not going to be excited about it. Because it convicts them of their own life, right? And so what do we do? We don't rejoice in that. We don't, you know, we, we, we want them transformed also, which means my godliness leads to brotherly affection. I'm now, listen, I'm trying to pursue everything God wants me to do, and yet I'm in this family. <laughs> I'm at this work environment. I'm married to this person. I have this neighbor and so, I've got to make a decision. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to demonstrate in my relationship with you everything that God is transforming in me. And so, it's the love that saints have for one another as fellow believers based on what we share in common with the one we love, Jesus. I love Jesus. Do you? Then we can get along. We can work through this. I'm never giving up on you. Don't give up on me. Are we going to walk away? Will you pray for me? 
will you let me pray for you? Right? It's, it's no longer just what God is doing inside you. It's the God in you being demonstrated in a world. And there are going to come times when all these people let us down and disappoint us. And they're struggling like, like we did at our beginning. And he says, it has to end in love. You have to love them unconditionally. You have to give them what God gave you, the space to grow and change. It's, love is not prompted by what the other person is or does, but by a love rooted in who God is. So, where are you? What do you want to start with? What's your next step? Peter's like, okay, I'm giving this to you. I just gave you a road map. Pick one. Pick a start. I need more passion for the things of God, the character of God. I need to grow in my knowledge of him just so I'll know what to do. I'm, I've been doing that a lot. I need to start with some, I need some self-control. Or I've been too willing to give up. I've been too impatient. I get to this place and I feel like I'm just banging my head against a wall and I need to breathe. I need to let God rejuvenate me so that I can continue godliness I need to now display what God has been doing in me and run after people who are hurting, partner with them unconditionally, and love. And he ends with this. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind, forgetting they have been cleansed from their old sins. It's like if you, if you stop, if you back away, if you walk away, you're not going to, you're, you're going to walk away and think, oh, my, what am I doing? You're going to forget how good God is. And if you're not careful, you're going to be right back where you were before you started with God. Or worse, you'll blame him or somebody else. Continue growing. So, brothers and sisters, work hard. Work hard. Work hard. You take responsibility for your spiritual life. I'm not supposed to do that for you. I'm to partner with you. Right? Your parents aren't. Your spouse isn't. You can't do it for your children. As much as we teach them about God, at some point they've got to make their own decision. Am I going to do this or am I not? Right? But work hard and prove that you're really among those that God has called and chosen. Do these things. Here's his promise. You will never fall away. You have, you have a promise from God. You, and Peter's like, if you do those things, you will make it. You, will, you won't fall away, and then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on up, Tyler. That's great, isn't it? And so Peter's just giving you some, okay, I got a road map. Now, everything you struggle with, everything you do is going to fall under one of those categories. Let faith rise in you. And begin to pursue from a passion all the way through love. Begins with love and ends with love. And everything in the middle, some hard work. Ask somebody to partner with you. I can't do this alone, and I need your help. Would you help me? I want to pray with you, and as we go into our time of communion, this is just to say thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done for us. And we're not going to pass the communion down the aisles. You can receive it as you go out, but just spend that time with God. 
And the more you eat and drink of that little uh, wafer and juice, all you're saying is, oh, God, I want more of you inside all of me. And don't forget, during our last song and at the end, come and take one of these pumpkins with you and thank you for your generosity and the way you're reaching out to all these children who uh, God loves and we get to partner with him in all of that love. Let's pray together. Lord God.